Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the D-Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. my god hi welcome back to disney adult the podcast where chicago comedians watch and review disney movies from the perspective of adults this week is very special we are joined by two chicago comedians who host their uh, host a podcast on this very network where they watch and review disney channel original movies called d commentaries so they are professionals um we are joined by val agnew ceo and founder of the trident network and her comedy partner and decom host ali ring and this week we are watching and reviewing one of my favorites hercules so let's just get into it shall we without further ado here we go oh my god how are you two today great much better now <laughs> doing doing well uh val how's your day going my day has been really good actually a good monday oh, okay good 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 and Allie? i just got back from a week-long vacation so i am on a high from vacation and on a low from coming back to work <laughs> oh god where did you go for your vacation i took a solo trip to seattle oh my god so nice i did see um uh, a a video of somebody drop kicking uh drop kicking a, a violent person in Seattle this weekend. Yes, I saw the same video. Okay, I was like, that did you was see me, a person. The <laughs> no, was that you? <laughs> okay, good. good. I, I was hope. wreaking havoc across Seattle. <laughs> I I hope your back is doing well because it hit that fire hydrant at a high velocity. Val I knows what we're talking that. about. I did yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot to process. It was. <laughs> It was a lot of one of those things where I'm like, I was so glad that someone stepped in because she was throwing things at elderly women. Old people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, whoo, that looks like an injury that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Wrong location. (laughs) Like, whoa. Um, Today we are talking about Hercules, which is my favorite, one of my favorite Disney movies. I mean, it's top five at least. Um, I always like to start with, uh, did you uh, either one of you answer first uh, did you guys watch this movie did you like this movie as a kid um, what was your relationship with this movie Allie's more passionate I'll let her go first okay so uh, contrary to popular belief I actually did not like this movie growing up um, I think because in my head I was like it's a boy movie and I think also watching it as an adult and uh, the first time I watched it older I was in eighth grade we watched it when we had a substitute or it was like a day where we didn't do anything in class and after watching it that day I was like this movie is so good I don't know why I didn't like it and I think because it really tailors to like an older crowd like it really does not like yeah they're for kids and like yeah it's fun but you have to kind of understand Greek mythology just a little bit 
And then mm-hmm. th- there's a few modern references. And I think it's one of the best uh, hands down, like storyline Disney movies. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Disney movie um, of all it, time. It is so wonderful. Um, it's so, so good. I loved it a lot. How about you, Val? Um, so I, I think I was like a little too old for it when it came out. So I was at like a weird age. So I was in 97, I was 10 or 11. So. Wow. You look so young. (laughs) My entire, I am, my, that is blown my mind. I'm so sorry to interrupt to compliment (laughs) you on how good you look. She looks incredible. You look, Val, you look incredible. Incredible. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable because this is being recorded, and I know that can be weird when people compliment you. But I cannot believe that you were ten years old in 1997. That blows. I would. You look ten years younger than you actually are. Wow! Thank you so much. I'm like blushing so much. I am. You look so good. No need to respond. I have the opposite issue where I look like I should be getting AARP magazines. Did you know that you could do ARP right now? TikTok I don't need this. to. They just send it to me. <laughs> Somebody saw my face and was like, you're going to need a discount. Wherever you go, you're going to need a discount. Oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Continue. So no. you were a little too old for this movie when it came out. Yeah. So like, I remember seeing it as a kid, but I think I, it was like one and done, right? I saw it and then I like kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, maybe five years ago, I watched it on an airplane I was like, I haven't seen this in so long. I don't remember anything about this movie. Yeah. And I was like, this movie is so good. It's very, very good. It is very good. And you two, I should mention that you two are experts at reviewing uh, Disney properties because you have a very, very funny podcast called D Commentaries on our same network, the Trident Network. And also Val runs the Trident Network, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Val is the a CEO, <laughs> like, <laughs> like queen of H-B-I-C. the Trident Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We wouldn't exist if it weren't for Val, and so, we owe her our lives. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, yeah, my my very old weathered life. <laughs> um, so I'm very, very excited to be joined by you guys to go through this. So let's jump right into the plot. I mean, well, let me talk a little bit about when I was a kid and this came out, I thought it was very, very funny. I really resonated with the the muses who you're introduced to the first and then the the soundtrack of this movie was like revolutionary Just i mean gifts. they were all when i was that age they were all so good but this one is like one that i would sing and carry with me through the years That's so nice. let's jump right into the plot we read the plot directly off wikipedia and i say this every episode but if something in here is wrong that is not my fault i can't tell you uh, t- you can't change that. the fates you, uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, girl! <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Okay. So in in ancient Greece, the gods Zeus and Hera have a son named Hercules. While the other gods are joyful, Zeus's grumpy and jealous brother Hades plots to overthrow Zeus and rule Mount Olympus. Um, so when rewatching this, I was really, really into the gods. I thought the gods were so so cool, and I thought they should have a Disney Plus series. They. Ooh. It would be, you can write whatever you want. It would be so funny if there was like office style mockumentary of Mount Olympus, but they're animated. <laughs> Their animation was really cool. They glow. They look different than the regular people. I just was really, really into them. And then I was also really into, so we meet everybody. What are our first thoughts on everybody we meet from a god status uh, when Hercules is a baby? 
I think it's cool because you have the narcissist who's, you know, staring at himself and then you have all of these. I mean, it's just so much Greek mythology yeah. jokes that if you've never studied theater in college, you <laughs> don't really understand. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's just so funny how they you know what gods they're talking about just strictly because of the way that they're drawn or the way that they're talking about them and things like that. I, It's a it's genius. Yeah. Very yeah. They cool. did a really good job of like introducing them like very quickly but like very well yeah um you're you're basically like following um who are you following apollo who are you following oh you're following uh hermes 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 is like flying past them all so you're like getting like a view of all of them as as he flies by and also the the voice cast in this movie is such that it feels like you're at like a party in the Catskills <laughs> with a bunch of like stand-up comedians. I was just gonna say, is Hermes voiced by Paul Schaefer? That's was my question. Because yes. he looks like Paul Schaefer. Yeah. <laughs> like, they animate him to look like Paul Schaefer. Yes. Uh, it was I was really, really into this scene. I just thought it was so I couldn't help but think of like the politics of Mount Olympus. And I was just thought it was so much, it was a really good world building moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they introduced Hercules or um, Hades, who is like, I guess we're supposed to think he's like an a-hole. I, I hate to say this. I related to him so much. Say it. <laughs> I related to Hades so much. I was like, I'm the only person who has to work and you're all up here partying and then you're like upset that I'm not happy because you had a kid. Like, what the... Leave me... I had to put somebody on... Okay, so do you identify with Maleficent then? <laughs> Somewhat. I mean, um, yes, because I do have high, high cheekbones and horns that grow out of the back of my head. <laughs> also, Scar... I felt like there was a lot of Lion King in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. There was a there was a lot of Lion King in this movie because later on, whenever so essentially, Hades is like super pissed and he's like real sassy though, and he um, goes to the Fates who are Chef's kiss, so <laughs> good. They all share one eyeball. They that's who I look like in this movie. Um, they and they tell him like in eighteen years the planets are going to align and then you can unlock the Titans and then they can go up and like kill all the gods on Mount Olympus for you, and then you can rule the world. And he sends Pain and Panic, these two little dweebs who are the heart and soul of the movie, he sends them to kill Hercules. But similar to Lion King, they don't succeed and then lie and say they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're watching it back-to-back, especially as an adult, I-, I can't help but notice, I'm like, is that a Disney trope that, like, you send bad guys to do it and then it doesn't work out? Maybe. They also, at one point, lure him into a valley to be endangered by oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. something. Th- literally, Scar is in this movie. Yeah. yeah. He's like a throw <laughs> Yeah, he's, he Which fights like, him briefly and then wears him. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, okay, so does Lion King happen like during ancient Greece times? And also, I'm connecting something. I did study Latin for four years in, co- or in high school. And I'm wondering how much of that was related to my love of this movie. Because I loved Greek mythology, and I probably would have quit Latin after one year if it weren't for the fact that all we did was study Roman history and Greek mythology and, like, mythology. Like, we didn't learn barely any Latin. All the Latin we learned was, like, 
Christmas songs that I could sing and recite. <laughs> it was bonkers. Um, but Santu, we... Santu. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her. Oh, so then this is another part. So essentially, like they they make this plot. Oh, first of all, Hercules has the cutest little pet friend named mm-hmm. Pegasus, who is a ball of personality, um, and. They pain and panic kidnap him, um, take him down. I just wanted to point out Pegasus really quick. Uh, pain and panic kidnap Hercules. They take him down. And they're going to give him this potion that's going to turn him mortal so that they can kill him. But he has to drink every last drop. They really emphasize that. Um, and then all of a sudden, these farmers, these two farmers, come out of nowhere and like disrupt the whole thing. And um, he doesn't get the last drop, so he lives. And Hercules, even as a baby, like whoops pain and panic's ass. He. <laughs> He pulls no punches. Like, they turn into snakes and he ties them in a knot and throws them over his shoulder. Um, it was so funny. Uh, which sets us into motion of, like, what's going to happen in this movie? He's going to continue to grow up on these farmers and and Hades isn't going to know. And Pain and Panic sort of, like, try to get away with the lie. Yep. Um, yeah. Years later, we meet teenage Hercules, who is, like, all the strength but is, like, a, a string bean dweeb. Who um, he's like, he's like the Captain America before he became Captain America. And we said we didn't like MCU movies. (laughs) At the top of this podcast, we said I watched Thor two, and that was enough. I just remember them CGI in Chris Evans' head to a non Chris Evans body, so that he would look really skinny. Speaking (laughs) of what one, what a fucking read to have to be like the skinny Steve Rogers, like your cast. And we're like, not only are you never going to see your face in this movie, we're just going to use your body so that people know how like shrimpy you are. <laughs> like, okay, I'll <laughs> yep. take the money. <laughs> like I just watched the, um, there there's on YouTube. There's a clip of him before they put Chris Evans face on him. And it's, it's cool. Cause you're like, wow, the power of CGI. And the other part is like, what a, how degrading. <laughs> I don't know right, if it's this that poor, degrading. This poor tiny, tiny man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's that degrading if, like, you just look like that. Like, he doesn't look insanely... But it's like, oh, no, 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 we need your tiny, tiny frame so that when, you know, just kind of like this muscly guy shows up, everybody can be like, wow, what a shrimp he was before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, also... Oh, yeah. It's funny that you brought up Steve Rogers. This is a really weird uh, small world thing about this movie is that so there's a series right now coming out on Disney Plus called What If? And one of the episodes features skinny Steve Rogers Mm -hmm. and the voice actor who does Steve Rogers voice in that episode is the same actor who does teen Hercules in this movie. (gasps) Cool. I have said this on, I don't know if it's a podcast that we have recorded for the future or if one that's already released because I can't remember anything because of marijuana. But (laughs) this, I am psychic. (laughs) I'm just realizing out loud how stupid I sound. I like, I, I have been having things line up that make me feel like I'm psychic, but now it's gotten to such a habit where anytime there's any coincidence at all, this doesn't even involve me. And I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm psychic. (laughs) What's wrong? Oh, I need to be put down. Oh my goodness. All right. So we have um, we have a teenage Hercules that we meet, and he's super, super nice. He's super cool. He um, is going to 
the the like the farmer's market with his dad, which is in this cool like Grecian sort of like I don't know what shape that is. Uh kind of like a atrium? I guess. It's like a long thing and then like a thing. Um but he essentially we are introduced to the fact that Hercules is super, super strong and has no control, and he's also a klutz. Uh, and everybody just hates him. Which, to me, is interesting. Wouldn't you feel that, like, okay, he's a klutz and he's super strong, but, like, wouldn't that be something that everybody in the town would be like, dude can lift boulders. Like, even if he's clumsy, I would imagine people would be, like, much more into it. But these, they hate him. You yeah. wanted to say these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers hate this dude. <laughs> They're like, fuck you. You're skinny as hell and you still look and you're still strong enough to kick our ass. Yeah, yeah. it kind of I I had like two thoughts. One was that just like whenever someone is like really naturally talented, but it's kind of like unrefined, like people mm-hmm. who are jealous will it will manifest as like that kind of behavior, yeah. I think. Um, so I think that like this story, whole story could be like interpreted as this, you know, person who's got all this talent and it, they just aren't in the right place. Like they're in their small town and they need to go to New York city and like, mm-hmm. you know, make it. The 100%. other thing that I thought about, and I f- tend to see this a lot, so I might just be sort of like projecting this onto everything. But, um, I was like, is, is this about queerness? Because like... All these glowing, colorful gods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are are the like, are you know, f- fabulous. And then Very he so. loses his glow, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like in a place where nobody understands him. And then he goes and finds other people who like he oh, like wow. finds these people who like understand him and like appreciate him and like help him like hone himself or like figure out who he really is i don't know how to exactly but like anyway i i love to like find metaphors in movies as Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you will say listen to d commentaries (laughs) (laughs) i will say and as as i know you've listened to this i will say this this he definitely is um a symbol of queerness because i would have sex with that cartoon after he gets all muscly although he has a weird profile I've always thought yeah. this. It's Whenever like a you full, see... from the tip of his forehead to the tip of his nose is one, like, plank. Yeah, right? it's really bizarre. I've, I remember noticing that when I was a kid watching this movie, and it still weirds me out. You know what this movie is not a great metaphor for, or not great symbology? Adopting a child. Because once Hercules' real father, or I mean, once Hercules' adoptive father re- admits that he's adopted, he never sees his family ever again. He's just like... I have to go so long. And then, cut to, spoiler alert, cut to the end of the movie, whenever he's about to be turned into a god and all this shit again. Parents who raised him for 18 years, nowhere to be found. I'm not checking in with them. I'm not sending them a postcard. They're on their own. No, they like, were there. Oh, He were hugs they? them at Did the end. Did I just end? go on a and, rant? <laughs> and he buys them a mansion. So that was like a metaphor for like getting famous if I've ever seen one. He literally, there's like a joke where their shack is like in kind of attached to like a Parthenon looking thing at one point. Where, what movie was I watching? (laughs) Where did he, when did they get a house? You know the like montage where he's getting really famous and you see Oh, Zero to Hero. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. There's a a moment. Yeah. That is a blur of ecstasy for me, that song. (laughs) (laughs) It would make sense that I would miss that. Um, and then he goes, so 
after he, well, first of all, we get our first song, classic song, um, Can Go the Distance, that he sings on top of a hill, and has a little break in the middle where he realizes that he's he's adopted and then goes back to singing. Um, I'd argue it's one of the best Disney songs it is, ever written. It is a beautiful song. I mean, Alan Menken is, like, unbelievable with these mm-hmm. hits. Um, I'd did, fuck Alan Menken. Yeah. <laughs> On a piano? Hello? Oh, my God. Don't it get is stuck. where the magic happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes to the Temple of Zeus, and he gets to see, like, he starts talking to his, you know, statue dad. And the statue dad essentially says, like, you need to prove that you're a hero to become a god again. Um, he And then he has to go meet, uh, f- uh, how do you say his name? Philatides. Philatides, yeah. Uh, who is um, a satyr, which just means, like, half. Um, what's that guy from uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe? Oh, yeah. Um, Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus? Yeah. I'm going to, okay, let's digress for a moment. When I was 15 and full of hormones... Mr. Tumnus could get Mr. it. Mr. Tumnus could get it, too. <laughs> maybe. I oh, mean, yeah. let's look up a picture now, because maybe he still could. But he Phil, still could. Phil like, is not J- selling it the We're talking about James way. McAvoy, right? Absolutely James McAvoy. Yeah, of course. As Mr. Tumnus. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how this man and the man played by Danny DeVito are of the same species. Because this man is fine. <laughs> uh so we meet Phil, and Phil is uh, like a real curmudgeon. He doesn't want to do this anymore uh, because he has trained so many heroes who have failed. And um, Hercules convinces him, like, I could be the one because my dad is Zeus, and this is going to be something for me. And you could tell Phil has like a little glint in his eye of um, this could be the one that that I get it. What were our feelings when we met Phil for the first time? I mean, he was cr- the first thing we see is him being a huge creep, which I was like, yeah. That wouldn't work now. <laughs> no, I was like, these women have to turn into trees to get away from you? What the What the hell? I Ugh. mean, he was the perfect trope for, like, the agent. Like, the creepy agent. Yeah. Like, Ugh. you know, who you find when you're trying to get famous. Yeah. And these... I, uh, uh, go oh, ahead. Go, 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 go. No, 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 no please. Go. No, go. No. I um, no, I... Um, I think it's fun going through all of the people... Uh, and the statues and and the reasons of as why he's like no 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 and then i don't remember if it's um this one it's either this one or it's further along the plot where they have drew multiple scenes and chose certain words so i think it's either this one where he says okay or when he's like two words okay Mm mm-hmm or it's later when he says Amscray in Pig Latin. And he's like, I got two words for you. And then it's Amscray. And then it's one of these two scenes where they rewrote it a couple times and they started with like different, like, like the Amscray would have been like, let's run or yeah. get out. And I can't remember which one. I think it was, it was this. But- I mean, he had, Danny DeVito has a whole song in the middle of this movie that I completely forgot about until I rewatched yeah. it as an adult. I was like, this is a perfect karaoke song. This would be, that is, and that's something rewatching these movies. The perfect karaoke songs are the sidekick songs from nineties, Disney movies. Yeah. Cause they're really talked, but people know them. They get the crowd hype. 
like, uh, I'll make a man out of you. When you hear that at the karaoke, it is on. The night has started. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one would be one of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing's better sure. than a karaoke song where you can do like a facsimile of a celebrity impression and it makes it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have been doing all my karaoke songs as Oprah for my whole life, but she doesn't have a song she's associated with, so it doesn't make any sense. So I'm escorted <laughs> out. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Shallow! <laughs> God. So uh, Phil agrees to uh, start training Hercules, and he's really, um, they're really into it. Hercules gets real buff real quick. He's on his way to uh, Thebes to, like, prove to everybody, like, I'm the hero now. I guess he's just going to, like, walk into a square and say it. Uh, But on his way, we meet Meg. Meg is, okay, do we love Meg? I love Meg. I Love. love Meg. Meg is the... I think the first feminist Disney female character, the first one that was explicitly like rolling her eyes at all the tropes and stuff, she is really, she is that girl. I wrote, Meg is the first woman. A million percent. To me, the second woman is Esmeralda. It was Ah. Meg, and then it was Esmeralda. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I saw Meg, I was like, oh, this is an adult. Like, this mm-hmm. is someone who, she's not playing. And then when I met Esmeralda, I was like, oh, this is a woman. <laughs> she does woman things. <laughs> she has woman thoughts. She is, she's not here for little boys, because she's a woman. I get the same vibes of Meg. Meg is very much like, she's she's being attacked by this river monster, who's like the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Hercules tries to save her, and, and she's like, no, like, leave me alone. Sir, city boy, go home. Um, but he doesn't listen. He tries to save her. He gets on a fight with this thing and like gets one of those comical bumps on his head. Like, uh, and then uh, saves Meg against her wishes and against her will. And then we are revealed that actually Meg is working for uh, Hades. And I can't remember if it's revealed here or if it's like later down the road. But essentially, like she's indebted to him because of something that happened to her. I remember. We'll save yeah. the reveal for later. What a twist. What an absolute twist. My favorite part of that is when um, pain and or panic, uh, they're talking about, well, maybe it's a popular name. Remember when all the mm-hmm. girls were in name? <laughs> that was a good band. That was a really good band. <laughs> also, you know what? That what's was so, so funny. The, now that you mention it, I'm like, now that's probably really dated. I bet if kids listen to that, they don't have friends that are named those things anymore. Their friends are named like yeah. Sky and... Ella. Like, yeah. El- yeah, those sorts of things. But it was such a good bit. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wasn't it good a couple of years ago with like Esther? <laughs> so funny. George uh, and Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, then Hercules goes to, essentially, Hercules goes to Thebes. He's trying to convince these people. Oh, by the way, he meets all these people at this like watering fountain, which were like clearly mapped over like old republicans do you know what i mean <laughs> all the people are there yeah. they're like complaining about crime mm-hmm. they're they're um they're really really standoffish to him at first he's trying to prove to them that like oh, i'm here to be your hero and they're all like suck eggs and get out of here we hate you <laughs> I'm like you yeah. just met him you have no reason and then um 
these two pain and panic come up as these two little uh disguised as children saying we need help we need help right yeah or okay yeah we need help we have to go he goes down into this like i guess just like a valley in the middle of thebes uh can i interrupt please interrupt whenever you want don't wait okay. for me. So the the thing that I find interesting about the the thing at the watering hole um, is that they're talking about the inevitable end of the world. So they're talking about the earthquakes, they're talking about the fires, and then they joke about there being locusts, and then the little tiny cricket jumps over and says hello. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny because, like, they're saying the end is near, the end is near, and technically the end is near because mm-hmm. Hades is bringing it back. And they don't realize it. And I think that's just a really cool way that they weave that in of like, yeah, the end is coming, but we don't see it as the world is ending. Yeah. We only see it as Hercules's story. But if we were seeing it from the life of a villager, it would be like, oh my God, um, there's a big fire volcano walking yeah. toward me. <laughs> yeah. And like whenever those things happen, like what happens to all those people's homes? <laughs> They're gone. Like, they, he messes up this whole country. And then at the end of it, yeah. Hercules is just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go up to uh, my birth parents' penthouse. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> to chill. Safe house. <laughs> For real. Ugh. Wasn't um, there actually, a, like, a crazy guy that was, like, yelling the world is ending? Mm-hmm. I he's think in so. a bucket or he's in a like a like a like a like a like a barrel a barrel yeah it's the barrel. same it's speaking of a callback i believe it's the same um character it's this it's the same character as jafar when he's um disguised as that old man in the oh, basement of aladdin because he later right. stumbles and he gets into one of those things that holds your hands in your head as a prisoner whoa yeah disney really knows how to put an easter egg in there wow. and that cricket would later show up in mulan that's right mm-hmm. wow my favorite part of this whole movie though is the you wanna buy a son <laughs> that <laughs> i was watching part of the whole movie. i don't know if either of you are fans of drag race there was a drag race see something it feels like there's a new season every 25 minutes but there was a girl who did had all these watches on her arms and had all these things and and it was such a cool, like, editorial fashion-forward moment. And then they do these things where they speak over the look as they walk down the runway. And they talk about their inspiration and stuff. And she's like, actually, this is from a moment in Hercules where a guy opens up his trench coat and, like, talks about sundials. No. And I was rolling for multiple <laughs> reasons. And I'm going to list them now. One... This person was so young that they did not realize Hercules was referencing a trope that is often in movies from the 80s, which is just a random guy on a corner selling watches. Because this person is also so young that they don't realize watches used to be expensive. I don't know what the watch game is doing right now. I don't know if people care about watches. I don't know if people are buying them. I know that at my job that I love, and if anybody's listening to this, this is not a read, but they do offer... um, at like your 10 year, 15 year, like a watch is a gift. And I told my supervisor, I was like, if I'm here for 10 years, do not buy me a watch. Do not <laughs> save it. Buy it for somebody else. Buy it for somebody who you need to keep. Uh, this is just nothing for me. Ugh. So um, Hercules continues the uh, pain and panic show up as these two little kids and then say like, come help us, come help us. You know, uh, Timmy's in a well. And Hercules follows. He's going to go do his first mission. He like unveils. Oh, I'm going to interrupt again. Please, please, please. <laughs> um. So... Um, they, the kids are in the well because um, 
Hades has found out that like Hercules is there. And so this is their trope to go get him killed, basically. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. They're going there to lead him into a trap because in 20 days or whatever it is, um, Hades is about to try to unleash hell on earth and Hercules can kill them. And we meet Hydra, who I was such a mythology nerd as a kid. I knew who Hydra was before they were introduced. Um, But the animation here really got me. Because this is, and for anybody who is maybe young enough to not realize that sundial reference, this animation was so Windows 95 to me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it was so specific of computer animation. Mm -hmm. Like, Like computer or CGI now looks like CGI, but you don't associate it with, like, computer graphics, I think. I think you... I At least I associate it with, like, digital artwork. Mm-hmm. But this was so... Everything was a cartoon, and this thing was, like... At the time, when I was a kid, I was like, this is the future. This is gonna be... <laughs> I, movies are gonna be changed forever. <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable how easily dated things become. Oh, Yeah. yeah. We Don't just watch w- Shrek. Really? Only because of the animation. <laughs> okay, so d- uh, this is a good question because I do have, um, I have a theory about this. Were did were both of you Shrek kids? Did you like Shrek? Yes. Okay. Okay. Did you hate it? <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I used to have because since I've started doing this podcast, I I fully realized like the the stereotype of like millennials who still love Disney into adulthood. Um, am I the one thing and you're proving my theory wrong I used to find solace in the fact that I was like yeah but also like Gen Z loves Shrek as much as millennials love Disney but I think everybody loves Shrek except for me I think that's what I'm finding out now (laughs) is that Shrek is just good and I'm looking for reasons to be judgmental okay thank you thank you so much well Shrek was written to make fun of all of the Disney tropes so being such a big Disney fan I can see why you wouldn't you know then enjoy it we did the um when we were doing the uh and it's in the future and it'll come out later but when we did the Bugs Life thing Bugs Life episode we looked into the feud between DreamWorks and Disney Mm mm-hmm it's bonkers. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. It's yeah, the ants um, versus bugs life. Ants versus bug life. Essentially, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who used to run Disney, he was like fired or let go or something. I don't know. Uh, but then he went and started DreamWorks as a direct competitor with Disney and mm-hmm. intentionally released the movie Ants to compete with Bugs Life. Like, yep. could you imagine being that fucking rich that you're like, <laughs> to get back at this guy I don't like, I'm going to make a movie. <laughs> I'm gonna invest. I would love that. I, I would, would love to make love, that kind of money. I would love that. I mean, Shrek is just a big middle finger to Disney. Yeah, and they and they had to go. They had to re-record all of the audio because Chris Farley was originally Shrek. Oh, and then he died like right before it was supposed to come out so they like got super delayed and then had to have mike myers come in and do it and like to have that amount of money to like want so badly to be mean to disney that you recast and re-record the entire audio for a movie that is commitment to a statement 
Oh, God. Old, rich, white dudes. <laughs> choosing all the wrong things to spend their money on. I know. Jesus. Although I did like Shrek because it was I the mean, first it did movie. Give us, yeah. It was because like, okay, so like these kinds of movies like Hercules and, you know, this era of Disney had a lot of like fun jokes for adults, but they were like for like adult adults. Like they were like, yes. like these literally are Catskill stand-up comedians. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of jokes that they're making. <laughs> Whereas <percent>. like Shrek, <laughs> like I was like 15 or 16 when Shrek came out and I remember going to the theater and watching it with my teenage friends and all these like parents had brought their kids because they thought it was like a cartoon for kids. And we were literally the only people in the entire movie theater who actually understood the jokes and yeah. were laughing. Mm-hmm. And it was such like a special, like we were like, this is for us. I complete, <laughs> I completely agree because I remember watching it feeling like a cart. It felt like what the same feelings of when you watch Simpsons or South Park it was like cartoons doing something naughty. You felt like, <gasps> what? Where these <laughs> jokes in these Disney movies, it's like you get them, but they're not naughty. They're nothing like that you would... As a kid, you would either just think it's funny because the people around you are laughing, mm-hmm. um, or you would be an adult who'd get it. It would never be something that would be like clutching your pearls a little bit. Where Shrek, I do, there are fully moments people are like, he's taking a dump at the beginning of this movie. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Welcome to Do Lock song is like, that was for me. Like, I sang that song all the time. I thought that joke was the funniest thing ever when mm-hmm. I was 15 or 16. It was like chef's Lord kiss. Farquaad's haircut is the funniest thing. <laughs> yep. It is so... I've had that haircut. I was going to say instantly clockable. A lot of people do. There's every once in I a while... I right so... now. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there is a difference between a bob and Lord Farquaad's tiny baby reality bites bangs <laughs> and then his bob that like comes down in, curls under in a way where I have never seen, and it has so much, like, volume at the bottom. Yeah. That is not what you look like, Val. <laughs> that is Only the... when I'm in hu- high humidity. Well, none of us should be judged by what we look like in high humidity. The other day I walked from my car to my porch, and I the full lower back of my t-shirt was drenched in sweat, because the humidity was so bad. Ugh. Ad break. Don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic? Me either. No Wrong Answers, Non-Burning Questions to Kickstart Conversations is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing but most important questions. Why talk about vaccine rates when you could debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser? Or you own a boutique candle shop. What is your least popular scent? These are the burning questions you should be asking. This card game is created by two of my friends, my personal friends, Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden. Yes, I have friends talented enough to create a card game. And if you love me, you love them and you'll love this game. No Wrong Answers is a deck of 70-plus conversation starters that you'll come back to and debate over and over again. This is great for dinner parties. It's great for Zoom happy hours, first dates, classrooms, prison visits, fast food drive throughs It literally, there's no place that these conversation starters won't work. Holidays are right around the corner somehow. 
And this would make a great gift. It would make a great thing to put out on the table to, you know, generate conversation between you and your family. You know how hard it is to catch up after you haven't seen each other in the year. What are you going to talk about? The fact that you share blood? No. You're going to reach for one of these cards and you're going to get the conversation started. And if it doesn't get better than that, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. I mean, come on. On. Listeners can use the code Trident for 10% off of their purchase. Go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com. Once again, NoWrongAnswersGame.com. And use Trident for 10% off your purchase. I mean, come on, y'all. This is fun talk and <laughs> not small talk. Ugh. Anyway, speaking well. of hot, sticky situations... <laughs> Hercules fights this Hydra thing, and um, Hydra uh, keeps getting more heads every time he cuts one off, like two more. It, it doesn't quite make sense in the animation because it's like he cuts one. Two heads are supposed to grow out in like the stem of one, but if I remember correctly, he cuts off one, and then the Hydra's just like, I actually have three now. Yep. Which is more visually, visually appealing to look at and like heightens the stakes more, um, but... <laughs> Any mythology nerd will tell you. Um, he eventually wins. He like crushes it with a rock, and it kicks into zero to hero, which is a banger for the ages. Mm-hmm. Another one of the better Disney songs. There are a list of Disney songs from these '90s movies that I wonder if kids who are like Gen Z realize are a big deal. Like this uh, um, circle of life. Power lines eye to eye. Like there are certain ones that were that would set the sleepover on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And they're like, we're chugging Mountain Dew and <laughs> do you remember when I was a kid? Um, like eating pixie sticks was like a like the first sign of drug yeah. abuse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was like kids like before they could get drunk or high or any of those like rebellious things. Their thing was to get hyper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be like, I put a bunch of pixie sticks in a Mountain Dew, and I was so hyper, and everybody's like, he said <laughs> swears, he said swears, like the, this was the soundtrack of those parties. <laughs> oh. That's totally. so funny. I, it turned from pixie sticks into fun dip for me. Oh yes. And then Fun Dip was huge. (laughs) Or do you remember Baby Bottle Pops? Oh, baby bottle pops were the jam. They still have those. Oh, of course. And ring pops. They're like at the checkout counter. Yeah, those are ring pops. What's the push pop? Push pop? Yeah, push pops. Yeah. I didn't like anything you had to like push or maneuver. (laughs) Like, I didn't like push ups, those ice cream things that were like in a toilet paper roll. Oh, I I liked those. Though it was too much work for me, they got wet. <laughs> They're so I, good. It's put. It's sherbet that you just like. It's sherbet in a toilet paper roll with. Yeah, like... and it's fucking great. <laughs> it's Oh, I would, and then also in my toilet paper rolls. Also, warheads. I'm gonna go buy some tonight. Please do. You know what else was big? I was more of a um. Uh, speaking of push-ups, I was more of like an icy push-up person. Oh, yeah, Like yeah, freeze yeah. pops. Oh, yeah. freeze pops. I could devour, like, I mean, they were just mm. flavored water, but I could devour, What's your like... favorite one? Color. <sighs> okay, so popsicles and... Uh, I should I should clarify, and then we'll get back to the movie. But 
popsicles and <laughs> popsicles and push push ups. No, push ups. I call the them toilet. freeze pops. Freeze pops but... is the correct term. Uh, freeze pops and popsicles are two different things yeah. to me. Uh, popsicles, bananas, all the way. Banana, a million percent. They sold those bags of bananas. An only banana. And then at one point somebody told me that's because nobody wants banana and like yep. only banana freaks want them. And I was like, yep. I'm a banana freak. You are a banana freak. <laughs> and then the push-up ones, and this is probably in that same vein, I really loved the clear white ones. The like coconut flavor. Okay. Whoa. Mine was pink. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I would take any of them, but I really like when the white one was at, or I think it was white. It was like coconut. It was one nobody else wanted. And I was yeah. like, was it white or yellow? No, Maybe. it might have been pineapple. Was it? Oh pineapple? no, the yellow was the yellow was the banana one. Oh, man, I I literally cannot consume fake banana flavored things. Like I can't. There's a reason. I'm dressed though. like a fake banana right now. It's true, you are, <laughs> and I'm having trouble looking at you. Um, no, I I had. Um, I had, I have, I guess I have chronic bronchitis, but as a little kid, I, I would get sick like a lot. And um, one of the medicines that they would make me take was banana flavored and it would literally oh. make me like, sorry if you keep this in, sorry to the listeners, it would make me like projectile vomit like every single time I took it. So I can't, like I cannot with banana flavor anything. Once, uh, I remember speaking of medicine, first of all, by the way, the white, I'm so embarrassed by this. The white freeze pop flavor is cream soda. Oh, wait, that's actually good. Uh, now I want to try it. I love how embarrassed you are. I feel like I like learned something You've been new. Living about, a lie. Literally, like I somebody lifted a veil and I see my childhood for what it actually was. Like a cream soda banana popsicle eaten. <gasps> I feel so disgusting. And we love you anyway. That yes. freaking polar bear deceived me. Anyway, let's get back <laughs> to this this movie. Um, so Hercules saves the day. We get into Zero to Hero. Zero to Hero is a bop. Uh, we see that he is like really slaying the game and he's becoming famous. Everybody's loving him. There's a really cool moment where like, or a really funny moment where like um, <laughs> Pain and Panic are listening to Hades bitch about how Hercules is really getting it. And then he has these like merch sandals. Yeah, like Air Jordans. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Like uh, elevated strappy Velcro sandals with Hercules face. They should sell those. Those would be funny. I'm surprised they don't at Disney. Allie just got up and I'm hoping to God she comes back <laughs> with strappy sandals that have Hercules' face on them. <laughs> I mean, what well, else? They don't have do? Hercules. They don't have Hercules' face on them, but I really want to take these decorations. Paint them <laughs> like Hercules. Let's pull up a picture. It can't be that hard. I felt oh like that God. whole montage was like Wait, what is that? <gasps> no oh, way. Concept, okay, our podcast it. has just become us shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Somebody, what? okay, so God. on on for any listeners on behance.net there is a pair of Nike Air shoes, Herx. Air Herx that have been 
designed to look like this. These are, I'm not even joking. These are some of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I would, I would buy those so hard. <laughs> Cut to my 30, soon to be 32 year old ass wearing these, sucking on a cream soda flavored <laughs> freeze pop. Uh, all right let's get back to this movie because we we could be here forever um we could so uh essentially like i don't mean to say long story short but long story short uh, hades figures out that the way to really get to hercules is through meg because meg starts falling in love with hercules which we hear through meg's song um I won't say I'm I in love. I won't say I'm in love. Another banger. How do we feel about this song and this song? So, many, so many bangers. It's great. It is really good. It's a great mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the muses are the star of this this movie. Oh. Anything what? the muses are in, set it off. Yeah. What a like perfect narrative tool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, Have you seen oh, all the stuff that you said about like re- who they would recast in the live action? Yes. Um, so Ugh. good. Yes. So, I mean, it has. they have to do it. I know. Are like, they li- planning a live-action Hercules? I do believe so. I mean, I don't know now because, like, box offices are so horrible yeah. since the... I mean, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be a Disney I think it's Plus. on their radar. It definitely should be. I, I, I don't mean, think they're actively casting it, but I think it's okay. on the radar of movies that they might end mm-hmm. up doing. That's I actually going to... That was going to be my question at the end of the podcast of who would you cast? Well, let's but. well let's run through this so we can get to it. But don't forget because I will forget that you asked that. I wrote it. I wrote it down. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, essentially, we realize through this number that they they're falling in love, and then um, Hades wants to use this against Meg, but Meg doesn't want to do it because she actually is falling in love with Hercules. She finds him to be like a really really good stand up guy, which he is, by the way. I mean, sometimes people can get really like. Sometimes these characters can be really like, okay, Disney, I get it. You're trying to get us to like this person. But Hercules does feel like a real person that you would actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's revealed. And this was so fucked up to me. Every, once, every movie, every movie I watch, whether I'm really into it, whether I think it's really good, whether I think it's horrible, there is always one moment that gets me hot mad. <laughs> hot mad. And it's when Hades reveals that Meg sold her soul to Hades to save her ex who then just leaves her I was like find this motherfucker and kill his ass <laughs> you you have no soul Get, yep. kill him Yep. get the river monster I, eat him I, like a chicken wing I was so confused by not confused I, I was wondering like is, this, is she a sex worker like is that what's happening here oh <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> Do you know Actually, what I don't like that? <laughs> yeah, even if that is exactly what it is, I'm just gonna choose not to believe it. Okay, because <laughs> that is. Ooh, you could be right was, though. I mean, I was just like, I don't understand, like, because you know, her whole thing is like she is like an adult woman who like has agency, but she doesn't have agency. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah, like she, someone else is controlling her life, and she's like beholden to him. Um, and I, I just wrote that down. I don't yeah. know. I, I like no. I tilt at windmills all the time when I watch these movies. So I'm probably just making. <laughs> well, here's it up. the. I do like that idea though, because I mean, you are correct. She doesn't really have agency because she has to do whatever her, uh, Hades says. He owns her soul. But she is the type of character that it's it's written so well because she is the type of the last character you would think 
wouldn't have agency because all yes. she is is like exactly. a walking like a walking Rolodex of reasons why I'm not going to listen to anybody but myself. Yeah. And then the heartbreaking part is you're like, oh, damn. Like, she's not even working with Hades because, like, they're cool. Right. <laughs> you spend the first half of the movie thinking, like, wow, she has some shit friends, but she's pretty cool. And then at the end, you're like, oh, she's a slave to him. Okay. <laughs> that is heart-wrenching. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and, and I just the... realized how much more powerful that makes her choice at the end, which I, like, we don't, we can wait to talk about it till no. then. But, like, the fact that she, like, basically does the same thing again Mm -hmm. like just shows how like i don't know how strong she is like she's willing to like make the same mistake twice but it's her choice to do it um so uh cut to the oh oh here's a good moment so meg essentially phil overhears that meg is working with hades phil goes to tell hercules the girl you're in love with is not who you think she is. And Hercules has what I think is a very typical response when you try to tell a friend that the person you're really into is kind of a D-bag. And which begs a question that I was really curious and I wrote down. And this is a philosophical question outside of Disney. Do you think, and I'm sure it's a case-to-case basis, but in most cases, do you think it's a good idea to tell a friend who's really, really in love with someone or really, really into somebody that like, hey this person kind of sucks. And if they come back with like, they absolutely don't, they absolutely don't. Then what do you do? Like, do you continue to like go to the bat? Like, no, you really need to listen. Or are you just like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Then I'm here for you. And well, I mean, it is one of those things where it's like truly, and it's probably situational, but I don't know that I would be the person who would do what Phil does and like continue to go to like really try to convince a friend. I think it would just be like, okay, I tried and, I don't know what to tell you. Because, like, people turn on their friends when they have strong feelings. Yeah. I've been there. My, and, yeah, you go. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had a, few, a couple instances where <clears throat> I was concerned about a relationship and that it was being, it was becoming very serious, like marriage serious. And I was like, the way I approached it what, in both cases, I was more asking questions, you know, like, what will happen if x occurs compassionate questioning yeah that kind of thing and it didn't work in either case (laughs) um and at some point yeah you can't like keep pushing because you're threatening your own relationship with this person at that point um and you have to just let them make the mistake and in one case it was a mistake and in the other it wasn't so (laughs) what do i know yeah exactly (laughs) Tell me on off the podcast. Tell me who it is so I block him from this episode. Okay. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, you're gonna say? Yeah, uh, my uh, sister who will never listen to this podcast because she doesn't listen to our podcast um, <laughs> uh, dates the most horrid of men, and we can say, um, "Hey, don't date them," and she'll say, "I don't care." And then you kind of just have to like live with it. And so we just don't talk about it. Yeah, there are. And then there are other people on the other side of that who, because I think I agree with both of you. It's like you can raise it, but then at some point. It's just not worth the fight. It's not worth the fight. And then also it's like at some point you kind of know like, okay, they're going to come to their senses at one point and then they're going to need someone to be here. So I'll just deal with it till then. But then there are other people who like, 
will go to the mat and like veil themselves like devolve the friendship and be like i'm not gonna sit here and watch you be with this person so like yeah. goodbye man rough say and that is what happens to phil yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> phil is essentially like fine you go be with her i'm not gonna be around and then zeus has his powers taken because he he essentially gives them up for meg um and then hades unleashes these horrible titans on uh the earth who are like ravaging the earth Meg pushes Zeus out of the way because Zeus is, or I mean, Hades, or Hercules. Hercules is still trying to fight, still trying to be a hero because that is who he is in his heart of hearts. Meg saves him and gets crushed by a pillar. But because the the deal that Hades had struck with Meg and Hercules was that Meg would not get hurt, that lifts the curse. He has his powers and he's able to save the day with the gods. Here's one thing I don't understand, and I understand it's a movie for kids, so like, take this with a grain of salt. You mean to tell me Hercules is the only one of these gods who can do any damage at all to these titans? Not anybody else doesn't get a good right hook in, or like, pull a rug out and cause them to slip, or anything. Like, they are all so useless when these titans get up and running that I'm like, what? Yo, this guy's been on Earth. You guys have been up here. What's think, going on here? I think it's like the prophecy thing. Like, yeah. he's the only one who can. Like, who mm-hmm. can win. It's kind of like in Harry Potter where, like, he... Okay, yeah. spoiler alert, Val. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not spoiling anything. In Harry Potter, his girlfriend does get crushed by a pillar and he gets his powers back. <laughs> <laughs> and because the prophecy said yeah but it's like you know all these like in both instances there's plenty of competent people with powers yeah. around but they can't do it because it's not prophesized to be there yeah and harry potter is the weakest link in his own story so it has to be that prophecy i mean literally yeah. hermione saves it should be hermione Yep. Hermione and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone do you think that J.K. Rowling's capable of writing a story about Hermione no that's why it's about Harry. How the mighty okay. have fallen. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they, uh, so he saves the day. He essentially, like, um, uh, Hades unleashes the Titans who climb uh, Mount Olympus to defeat the gods, Hercules, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Meg dies before he can return to her. So Hercules then goes to the underworld and leaps into the river Styx to recover Meg's soul. And this act would be the one that turns him into a god because he truly like relinquishes all his power to save someone. Um, to Hades shock, Hercules climbs out of the sticks uh, with Meg's soul and knocks Hades into it. After reviving Meg, she and Hercules are summoned to Olympus where Zeus and Hera welcome their son home saying that he has proved himself to be a true hero through the strength of his heart. This was where I guess I missed it because I mean in that, so if he bought his parents a house in that zero to hero moment that is less egregious when i first watched this i thought this man had truly said goodbye to his parents to like a year ago and never saw them again to go live with these strangers who live on mount olympus (laughs) that's literally where my brain went i think it was i think what's really cool is like his whole thing 
like his I want song is like, I want to find a place where I belong, right? Like I want to mm-hmm. find a place where I fit in. He finally gets there and then he realizes that's not actually where he belongs. Yeah. He belongs with Meg, which I think is like a really beautiful. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and also I will say, <laughs> I will say they're two, they're like them falling in love makes sense to me. Like in other Disney movies, it's sort of like, okay, they just fall in love. Cause that's what happens here. Like, like Aladdin and Jasmine, I'm like, I want you two to be together because like you're both hot or whatever. But like, I don't believe this. I just no. like that. That's not the main plot. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a side story, and it's she is still really independent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it's, why it's so hard for her because she's like, am, am I in yeah. love? Because like yeah. I I oh my life is changing. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah, we never t- mentioned it, but she does talk like a film noir character this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She even <laughs> sings like one. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the end of the movie. So, um Val, did you want to say something? Uh about Meg? Oh, I was just gonna say I was basically reiterating what you all were saying. That like it's two adults who fell in love with each other because they have mutual interest in each other, rather yeah. than like the the first man I've ever seen is the person I imprint on. <laughs> or this one, yeah. This woman I found sleeping in the woods. <laughs> Although, what? how old do you think Meg is? 30. She's definitely older than him. Yeah, Meg is like 30-something, right? <laughs> She's lived a life. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. good for her. I know. But also, now that I think about it, I'm like, he's 18. You're going to get annoyed with him in 27 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Or when he turns, uh, or from from 18 to 27. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to start talking about how he wants to make a rap album, and you're going to be like, okay. Find out my SoundCloud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be funny if he had a sound? He did have a mixtape, and he had a SoundCloud, but it was just a cloud that operated like a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls a piece of it down like a string, and it starts rapping in it. Uh, also, another Lion King moment is this: the River Sticks. Is Haiti going into Haiti's going into yeah. the River Sticks because it's just like the hyenas. Absolutely, it's yeah. unbelievable. Um, all right, so do you, as now having rewatched this as an adult, do you think this movie holds up for adults to watch, or do you think it should be reserved for children? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it holds up. Yeah, I agree. I think it's actually better as an adult. I think so too. It gets better, like. Uh, like wine, it gets better with age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Well, at the end of our podcast, we do. First of all, is there anything before we jump into a questionnaire um, of how Disney is this movie? Any thoughts? Any questions? Let's start with Allie. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that when I was a child, we got the plates from McDonald's, and those plates were. <laughs> The jam. And I had the one that my favorite plate was one of the muses. Mm-hmm. And instead of putting ketchup, and I used a lot of ketchup, I got to, made fun of as a kid for, by uh, my cousins because of how much ketchup my sister and I used. <laughs> um, so I didn't put it in one little spot. I would put it on all of their heads. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just have five piles of ketchup, <laughs> like in the shape of their hair. <laughs> um, the only other note that I wrote down that I think you've talked about a lot on the show and we talk about it on our show. Disney loves dads. Hercules has Disney three dads in this movie. Yeah. 
that is so funny you say that because somebody on the another episode pointed out the fact that they always kill the moms. Mm-hmm. So Disney hates moms. Yeah. But they give Hercules three dads. <laughs> okay, well, there, there's your white men in a studio in the 90s writing about their mommy issues. Or their daddy issues, more like. They're like, I just want my dad to love me. I'm going to give him three because I didn't have one. Yeah. Ugh. And Hercules really blows through him, doesn't he? <laughs> that one raised me for 18 years. I left him. Uh, other one was a statue, so I left him. <laughs> This guy taught me how to fight, and then I left him. He told me the truth, and I punched him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Okay, so we do have, we do like to end with um, how, uh, a questionnaire that's how Disney is this. Now, this questionnaire has evolved over time. So the questions never line up. Nobody's listening to this for continuity. Um, (laughs) uh, So I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions. The good thing about these are they can be open for debate. They can, um... Uh, we can all agree on them and move on. They can. There's no right or wrong answers to these. So, question number one: Who is the real hero of this story? Meg. In your opinion, Meg. Meg is to me the real hero as well. I mean, Hercules goes through the journey or whatever, and is like, okay, good for you. You're a good person. But like, Meg feels like a more three dimensional character. She struggles. She's made faults. She. You root for her. Yeah, she Black Widows. Yeah, she's yeah, great for real. Meanwhile, Hercules, you're like, get your, um, just get your powers back to save Meg. That's all I really cared about it by the end. I was like, get hot again and then save her. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, speaking of dads, is there a hot dad in this? And or who has hot dad energy? Here's the thing. Um, all of them. <laughs> kind of. Literally a movie full of hot dad energy. Meg has the hottest dad energy. And she's mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally if you met And then Val, who's cool dad in this movie? Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys do hot dad and cool dad, <laughs> which I really, really like. So uh, so for our listeners, and I highly can't recommend, especially if you love this podcast, you're, you're going to love DCOM too. Um, run our listeners through the differences between a hot dad and a cool dad. Sure. So, Or is it self-explanatory? Is, is defining it ruin no, the No, 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 no. I, I, I think it's like basically a hot dad is like like he's just effortlessly like he kind of he, you could mistake him for being cool because he's so hot you think he's cool mm. but cool dad is the actual cool dad who like is like ready for enter- anything gets their kids like do you know what I'm saying okay like they're yeah, vibing yeah, 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 with yeah. their kid now, a question, and once again, I don't want, don't define anything that's going to ruin it, but can a dad be both a hot dad and a cool dad, or is there a trade-off? No, I think absolutely. Like, I would say, for example... Oh. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah, I would say in our universe oh, okay. of the movies we've seen so far, Smart House Dad mm-hmm. is both hot and cool. Smart House Dad is so hot that I remember that actor, um, and he's only in... Literally, like, Smart House on one other thing, I think. Uh, but I remember as a child being, like, similar to when I watched this and was like, Meg is a woman. I remember seeing the Smart House guy and be like, oh, that's a man. That is a man. Devin, would you be a hot dad or a cool dad or both? Well, I would be neither, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I would not be a hot dad. Um, that That is, I think, self-explanatory. <laughs> and as far as cool dads, 
I would not also be a cool dad. Because here's the thing. No kid is bringing anything to me that I'm going to relate to them on. And you have 18 years in this house to live under my rules. <laughs> so I don't care about your TikToks. I don't care about, you know, your sneak. I don't want to hear any of it. All right? My husband would be both hot dad and cool dad. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. So you'll have both. I am <laughs> I am Katie Seagal in Smart House. That's who I am. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I am evil Thanks. stepmother. Yeah, there's that or, Maleficent again. Yeah. yeah, I'm that. Or speaking of another, um, uh, Kevin Kilner is the name of that hot mm-hmm. cool dad. If I'm not, if I'm not an evil stepmom, I he was in Home Alone three. I am one of the crooks trying to break into a house with a child, where the house where the child is smarter than I am, and somehow. You- you Cooler seem to me. You seem to me what I'm going to describe as a fireplace dad. Huh. In that okay. you would sit in a chair by the fire and you're very wise and you can ask me a question, but I'm kind of minding my own business, but I'm still your dad. You know what dad I am? That is a good observation and, and you are right. There is an element of me that is, but I'm also Gemini, so there's probably another element. And that other element is dad who gets bullied at work. <laughs> That's why Fireplace Dad sits at home because he doesn't want to talk to anyone if you're getting bullied at work. You know that there's like a storyline where the dad has to like, he's getting bullied at work and then he brings it home and he's kind of like bullied at home too. That'd oh my god, me. you're Mr. Incredible. It's just thinking Literally, that. Mr. Incredible but less, yeah, yeah, Mr. Incredible. <laughs> Mr. Incredible without there's the powers. There's no but. Because yeah. <laughs> you would, I would also... Have you seen Incredibles 2? Yes. Okay, so like I could also see you having the exact same reaction to new math <laughs> that he yeah. does. I am incredible. I am Mr. Incredible from Incredibles 2, not so much Incredibles 1. You know, stay Incredible 1 dad. where he like kind of stay at home dad, struggling with everything dad. Um, that would be the dad I am. Fair. Fair. Ugh, God bless. All right. Um, so question three, is there an absent uh, parent element of this story or like an orphan element of this story? Which in a way, yeah. yes, because he sort of is left or like he's kidnapped from his parents and then so on and so forth mm-hmm. happens. Um, question four, who in this story has narc energy? I knew this was coming and I was still wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> I don't know that there's not there's not a clear narc in this because like I think you would and this is just for me but pain and panic sort of fill that void but they're also kind of just super cool they're more stoner vibe than narc yeah they're like Jay and Silent Bob yeah I don't know if anybody has narc energy here except for maybe that pottery guy (laughs) yeah he is narc he does he does Uh, question five, is our Disney villain gay? And ladies, <laughs> I mean, Hades is gay. Hades is a homosexual man who resides in the pits of hell. Hades is gay. And in... yeah. The best oh, way. Yeah. One of the first things he said is like, babe. <laughs> 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 
Which, by the way, everybody, I did have one person who was like a little confused by that question of one of the listeners. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Being gay, being a gay villain is the compliment. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that's what I thought was happening here. <laughs> But you guys seem so excited when they're gay. And I'm like, of course. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know I should want the maybe like the heroes to be the gay ones. That, you know what I mean? Like I would I shouldn't want the quote gay character to always be a villain. But it's so much more he's fun. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's so funny. And I think I do think that he's explored a bit though. Oh, a million percent. I mean, yeah, like, he's not he's, he's not gold like... star by any means. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's which he, i just recently learned what that means. Yeah, yeah 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 he might he could even be bisexual he has very bisexual energy too mm-hmm. i mean he's what is it game oh, for bi-wife. anything bi wife oh bi wife energy that is the funniest thing Wait, in the world so bi wife energy is this tiktok trend where you can tell like the coolest kind of like okay in their sexuality men are usually a lot of times it's because their wife is bisexual. Is Michael that? Very, probably. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yes. Yes. A million percent yes. I can't believe. Yeah. A, a million percent. One. And it's the best compliment. It is truly who you want to be. If you can't be a bisexual wife, you want to be the husband of a bisexual that wife. That is so yes. funny. I need to On the realm. This. Oh my God. You're going to die. <laughs> It's so great. It's so great. And then you'll start seeing the comments and then you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you see certain guys and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is always a man who is so secure in who he is in his sexual, because his bisexual wife has built him up to be so. <laughs> I love this revelation oh for Val. God, yeah. so uh, funny. We literally look um, at TikTok before bed. I'm going to like, we're going to go on a hunt for these <laughs> you should it, if i see one i'll send it to you and you'll be able to follow this the music the oh, like yeah. the music sting you'll be able to click into it because it does have a specific music sting it's very much <laughs> mike um all right let's continue question number oh, so question number nine in this movie who is the rosie o'donnell <laughs> it's gotta be phil right <laughs> i think it's phil and what's funny is in another podcast we were talking about Phil uh, because we referenced him and then we have since started adding um, for future episodes but I didn't want to do it here because Danny DeVito is in it we've also added who is the Danny DeVito oh my god <laughs> because I it think, is Phil uh, it goes hand in hand I mean yeah. that's a Venn diagram also, Val, if we, overlap right there if Disney Adult was going to have merch made, which I think it should be a t-shirt that says, who is the Rosie O'Donnell? Uh, consider it done. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, we can't. everything else on this podcast, I'm like, well, that's copyrighted. We can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, why don't I do a podcast that every single thing is copyrighted? <laughs> but I'm like, Rosie O'Donnell's not copyrighted. No. She's just a person. But we, you, Allie, brought up a question earlier of who we would cast in this. Yeah, who would you cast if uh, there was a live action happening? Okay, so or the... like some people who you're like, I would love to see that. Like, you don't have to cast the whole movie every you know person, but like, who are some people who you think would fit nicely in the role? Um, I would want to. Uh, I would keep Danny DeVito. For Meg, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she can sing, but I would love to see like Tessa Thompson. Tessa Ooh. Thompson would make a perfect Meg. 
That is that is one of those suggestions where after I hear it, I can't picture anybody else in the role. <laughs> God, that's that good. good. Tessa Thompson. I don't know if she can sing though. If and they you, ended, ha- ended up having it be a musical. If she were still you know who else I would Janelle cast? Monet, Janelle Monae could have sang for her. Janelle oh Monae yeah, should be one of the, the, the muses. muses. Muses, for sure. Somebody on the internet cast the muses, and it was perfect. It's like Lizzo, Janelle Monae. Um, was it Cynthia Erivo? Let me look it up. I think oh, so. It should be. I think so. I think maybe Alex Newell. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good cast, too. Uh, and then I think, in, I, and then it was either Alex Newell or Amber Riley, because I remember thinking about Glee when uh, I heard it. Okay. You know who else would... Um, who I would cast along with Tessa Thompson, even though they've done 19 movies together, I would cast uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth as Hercules. Yeah. I was thinking either him or uh, Chris Evans, because I just love Chris Evans so much. Chris Evans would make it <laughs> And then they can use the same Captain America tiny body <laughs> and then the, oh the CGI head. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Let's end there. That's perfect. Uh, thank you both so, so much for being on the podcast. Um, if any listeners want to check out D commentaries, what days of the week do you drop your uh, episodes? Every other Tuesday. Every other Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But we have wow. a reasonably active Instagram and TikTok, which are both. You absolutely do. I mean, you put our efforts. I'm always like stressed to put my crap on Instagram and then oh, I look over and I'm like we are too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well thank you both so much for being here thank you so much for having thank us thank you oh, so please. much for having us you're oh. a dream come yeah, true I would cast Devin Henderson yes I would cast me as the sundial man <laughs> <laughs> Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at at disney.adult.podcast.